Good morning. Today is Monday, January 18th, 2021. This week's Parsha tells us that when the Jewish people finally left Egypt, the Torah tells us a curious detail that as the Jewish people were marching out of Egypt, Lo Yecharatz Kelev Lishono, the dogs did not bark. Our rabbis understand that that was something positive on the part of the dogs. They were somehow showing respect to the Jewish people leaving. Uh, they did not bark. Personally, I always appreciate it when a dog does not bark. That's just a personal feeling. But our rabbis say that God rewarded the dogs because later in the Torah says, when the Torah teaches us about the laws of keeping kosher, and the Torah says, um, if an animal uh, was killed in a way not in accordance with kosher laws, then it's treif. We're not allowed to eat it. So what do you what do you do with an animal that has died and it's not kosher? Well, obviously you can do anything you want with it besides eat it. But the Torah says la kelev tashlichenoso. You can give it to dogs, meaning it's like a reward. Of course, you could give it to any animal, but the Torah specifically mentions dogs, la kelev tashlichenoso, and and our sages say. God does not forget the kindness of any creature and God rewards every single kindness. So the dogs in Egypt did something that was good and God rewards them. Okay, it's a little hard to understand. Okay, but that's what our rabbis say. Later in our Parsha, the Torah says something else about animals. Very interesting. The Torah says that the firstborn of every animal is holy, just like the firstborn of a human being. I'm not equating humans and animals, but I'm just telling you what the Torah says. Just like the firstborn among people is redeemed, there's a holiness and there's a redemption that's necessary. For animals, the same thing applies. The firstborn has holiness. Now that only applies to kosher animals, with one exception. The Torah says a donkey has holiness of the firstborn, which is very strange because there is no other animal where the Torah ascribes holiness to that animal. Why is a donkey firstborn holy? Our rabbis say when the Jewish people left Egypt, they had lots of stuff with them. Remember, they were leaving permanently. They were going to Israel. They had lots of things. And remember, the Torah tells us they had borrowed treasure and valuables from the Egyptians. So how did they schlep it all? Our rabbis in the Medrash say they had donkeys. The donkeys carried the possessions of the Jewish people as they went out. So since the donkeys carried the possessions of the Jewish people, they are rewarded with a certain level of holiness that the firstborn of the donkeys has holiness of the firstborn. Okay. Amazing. Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zunnenfeld asked the following question. You have two different animals that both do something positive in our Parsha and they're both rewarded. The donkeys are rewarded. They become holy. 
The dogs are rewarded. They get the non-kosher meat. Asks Rav Yosel Chaim Zonnefeld, why aren't the dogs holy? Why don't the dogs get the same reward that the donkeys get? This animal did something good. That animal did something good. This animal gets rewarded. That animal gets rewarded. Why don't they get the same reward? Why are dogs not holy like donkeys? Says Rav Yosef Chaim Zonnenfeld. At the time that the Jewish people went out of Egypt, what did the dogs do? They kept quiet. It's nice that they kept quiet. They kept quiet. The donkeys, they slept. The donkeys worked. Not barking is very nice. You deserve a reward. Okay, this non-kosher meat will be yours. Schlepping, carrying, working for the exodus, that's a much higher level. That gets you not only a reward, but holiness, but sanctity. Now, I realize that in animal terms, it is meritorious for the dogs that they did not bark when the Jewish people were going out. We just need to remind ourselves when it comes to human terms, silence is not a merit. Martin Luther King once said, the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. We need to remind ourselves, silence for us in the face of persecution of someone else. Our silence is not a merit. On the contrary, it is our silence when someone else is being hurt that allows that hurt to happen. Okay, but for the animals, it was considered a merit. And that is a principle that our rabbis refer to. This is a phrase in Pirkei Avos, a very famous phrase. Lefum tsara agra. According to the difficulty is the reward. You have a mitzvah that is easy to do. You get one reward. You have a mitzvah that takes more effort. You get a greater reward. The more effort you put into something, the greater is the reward. That applies in every area of life. And it also applies in our relationship with Hashem. The more effort we put into doing a mitzvah, the greater the reward we receive for that mitzvah. So I want to share with you a story. I've shared this with some of you before. It's an incredible story and it bears repeating. And it's a story that I heard from Rabbi Melech Biederman. And it goes like this. Rabbi Biederman lives in Bnei Brak in Israel. So there's a woman, a widow, and she has an apartment that she owns, that she rents out, and it's a five-bedroom apartment in Bnei Brak. And she rents it out for 3,000 shekel. Now, just to put it in perspective, number one, a five-bedroom apartment in Bnei Brak is gigantic and is in great demand because in Bnei Brak, many, many families Baruch Hashem, thank God, are very large families. A five-bedroom apartment is not so easy to come by. And 3,000 shekel is a ridiculously low price. It should be at least triple that. But this woman, 
this who is a widow, rents out this apartment, five bedrooms, B'nai Brak, 3,000 shekel. It's incredible. Why is she renting out an apartment for such a small amount of money? So the story goes like this. Years ago, her husband passed away. Her children had moved out. She moved to a smaller apartment and she had this apartment, five bedrooms, and she rented it out to a woman, a younger woman who was divorced, who had four children. And at that time, the rent was 3,000 shekel. This is many years ago. Now, the owner, the woman who was the owner, her son-in-law was the one who dealt with the tenant and the lease. And every year he would come to his mother-in-law and he would say, listen, 3,000 shekel for this apartment that we're renting out to this woman and her four children. It's, we have to raise it. It's too low. And he would go to the woman who was the tenant. He would say, listen, when the, when this year's lease is up, we're going to raise it. And the woman would say, I'm sorry, I can't afford it. I have four children. I'm alone. I'm a single mother and I can't afford anything more than the, than the 3000 shekel that I'm already paying. So he would go to his mother-in-law and his mother in would say, let it be. She needs it. She doesn't have the money. Let it be. Keep the rent at 3000 shekel. Now, every year as this continued, the disparity grew because the actual value of the apartment kept rising, but this woman, the owner kept the rent at 3000 shekel. And every year, the son-in-law with greater intensity would say, listen, this year we've got to raise it. It's, it's more and more out of whack. It is ridiculous how low this is. And every year the woman would say, I'm sorry, I can't afford it anymore. And every year the mother-in-law would say, keep it at 3000. It's okay. It's all right. Let it, let it, let it be so much so that the woman who was renting, she was a renter. So if something would break, she would come to the owner and say, listen, you're the owner. You have to fix it. <laughs> so the son-in-law would come to the mother-in-law and he would say, with the deal that we're giving her, she wants us to fix the, whatever it is, we should fix it. And the mother-in-law would say, don't worry about it. Pay the repair, take care of it. Don't worry about it. The son-in-law after years of this happening, knew his mother-in-law was not going to change her mind. The son-in-law went to this woman and he said to her, listen, you better start praying that my mother-in-law should live a long life because if anything happens to my mother-in-law, I'm going to raise, I mean, the normal rate by this time is probably 7,000 shekel. You better daven that my mother-in-law lives a long life. Last year, it was Erev Rosh Hashanah. And the woman who's the tenant calls the son-in-law and she says to him, I get a mazel tov. I just became engaged. I'm getting remarried and I'm moving into the home of my new husband. And I no longer need the apartment as of the end of the month. I no longer need the apartment. Okay. Two weeks later, the mother-in-law, the owner, passed away. 
So the son-in-law came to Rabbi Biederman and told him this story. And the son-in-law said as follows. He said, all these years, I thought to myself that my mother-in-law was helping this woman, this young woman with four children, Nebuch, and she couldn't afford the, the, the actual rent. And she was. This woman did an incredible act of tzedakah, the mother-in-law, over years and years. It's true. But the son-in-law says, but now I realize that my mother-in-law remained alive in the merit of the tzedakah that she was giving to this woman. It was this woman who was renting, who was keeping my mother-in-law alive by needing her tzedakah. And as soon as this younger woman no longer had the need and my mother-in-law no longer had the merit of that mitzvah of tzedakah, she passed away. The more that we put into a mitzvah, the more we get out of it. So, please do not take this the wrong way. It's good to be like the dog in our Parsha. That's okay. But it's much better to be like the donkey. My friends, I wish you a great day. Work hard for the mitzvahs that we do, remembering that Hashem does not forget any mitzvah and Hashem recognizes the effort we put into it. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.